Welcome to this edition of Don't Listen to Us, show number 47. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. Haven't been here in a while, have we? No, it's been two weeks, two weeks. and a day. <clears throat> two weeks and a day, and we're doing this at the request of our very dear friend, Terry, because it's a snow day. <laughs> it is a snow day, that's right. <laughs> so it, it, I was just saying on Twitter, it's my first official snow day since I left school. Aww. I've had a snow day because I've had a job. Uh, every job I've had since then has been online. That you did your you went to work already today. Yes, I've already already done snow, my yeah. part. Yeah, your commute is not affected by the snow. The very funny thing is, for me, you know, being a, a Nova Scotia kid and having gone through snow days, and just to let you know, snow and we got maybe four inches of snow. Mm-hmm. That's May in Nova Scotia when I was a kid. <laughs> it literally snowed on my birthday. And one they did year. not shut down. They didn't schools. shut down school. They shut down school when there was a foot of snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, partly, part of it was because. It, if I remember correctly, at least one of my schools, because I always lived in the city, we didn't have bus students. So they didn't cut the, shut down school because of bus kids, mm-hmm. the kids that were traveling the buses. Uh, all of our students, we all walked to school. So there was no need to cancel school except for the teacher, but they screw the teachers. <laughs> so we got very Parents few, need a daycare. Come on. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we got actually very few snow days when I was a kid, and we had like horrendous snowstorms. I remember... Walking to school in a you know, blinding snowstorm, but it didn't matter. It wasn't mm. enough snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, when last week we had a little bit of snow, we had maybe two inches of snow, and our son Rory was so cute about it. He was like, "Tomorrow's gonna be a snow day." He's like, "No, dude, it's gonna two inches of snow. It's not gonna be a snow day." Yeah. And he was so disappointed when yeah. he got up and learned there was no snow day. So mm-hmm. yesterday it snowed a good part of the day, very pretty at times, and about four inches of snow. So in my Nova Scotia brain, I'm thinking. Oh, no, they're not canceling school on Monday. There's not enough snow. They can go with their sneakers. You, being Australian, think this is a lot of snow. I've lived in lots of snow. Oh, no, no, I've lived in in Ontario in in the winter. Well, you thought there was going to be a snow day today. I did. Yeah. And so I'm thinking with my, you know, superior male intellect, there's no (laughs) snow day. There's not going to be any snow day. Last night, 9 o'clock, the phone rings, Melissa's phone rings, and it's the school saying, this is a recorded message because of the snow, there will be, there will be no school on Monday. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> there goes your superior exactly. man. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, of course, being who I am, I say to Melissa, don't tell Rory. <sighs> so my idea was, we're going to get him up at the regular time, mm. 7.30 a.m., because i got to be up at 6.30 a.m. in order to go to my job. So we're going to get them up at 7.30 a.m. And it was a close call of whether we'd get him up, get him ready for school, get him dressed, get him breakfast, brush his teeth, and then send him out the door. A part of me would have gone, bye. This is all you, by the way. This isn't me, people. Part of me, a small part, but a significant part, would have literally watched him walk around the corner waving and laughing on my on the inside. Oh my gosh. With the thought of him getting all the way to school. <laughs> you, you're just evil. You really are. But a larger part of me would have gotten him up, gotten him dressed, got him breakfast, brushed his teeth, put him up the side, and as he went around the corner went, No, I'm just kidding, come back. Oh my god. School was cancelled. So I'm looking <clears throat> forward to this. And to a certain degree, so are you. Don't lie. I would never get him up early if it was a snow day. 
ever. But it was this ruined. Is all you. It was ruined. It was ruined. By your ex-husband. By his father, yes. He lives it way far away, like a two and a half hour flight away. Who texts Rory at 901? Mm-hmm. How, did he, how did Sean find out in well, Smithers? Because he would have gotten the notice. Why? I guess through the school. Why? His name shouldn't be on the school contact list. I have no idea how that all works. <laughs> so he got on the school, he's on the school contact list, and he's going, hey, you guys doing anymore, kiddo? And, and so at 902, we get a text from Rory going, ah, no school day. Yeah, nah, nah, yay. Yeah. All my fun ruined. I know. Sean barely ruined. slept. It took him hours to get to sleep. He was just so upset. <laughs> I think that's part of my job as the stepfather is to play cruel tricks on him. To be to evil? Him, uh, to teach him how the world actually works. Because his his mother is all sunshine and light and happiness and joy and beauty and all the good parts of the world. And his father's kind of neutral, so I'm thinking I should be the dark side for him. Oh. You don't but, think you're, I... but you're not, though. You're not you the dark me. side. You're this wonderful, um, big clownish, funny man. Although you are, you do discipline him very harshly, which is great. I'm oh, happy not very for. Harshly. Oh well, not in your not in your black mama <laughs> way of doing things, right. but in, in my way because yes. I look at it and go, oh my gosh, you know, it's your voice. No. And Roy just freaks out. Although sometimes he's getting used to it now. I think you might have to get a bit harsher. I will. Anyway, Rory's happily still in bed. It is now 11, 11 a.m. on I'm, Monday morning. I know. I'm dragging him out after. We'll it's actually quite beautiful it outside is, right pretty. now. We're, we're definitely going to go uh, tobogganing. We'll go and do something in the something snow. In the snow. Even that means throwing him down a hill. i, I got to do something. 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 Anyway, so it's a, it's a snow day. But I say to him, I say, okay, so what's everybody doing? Like, where are all your friends? He said, they're all playing Fortnite. And I said, well, you're not playing Fortnite. But that's what these kids are all doing. Yeah. And, but... They're doing that because they're being allowed to do that. Oh, their parents are at work. Well, there's that, yes. But I don't know, because we didn't have it, I don't know how my mother would have handled this kind of online gaming Mm -hmm. attitude. But I can guess no fucking way. Well, when Damon was a boy, he'd be outside already. Yeah. That was what it was like for him as a boy. And I'm not saying we were angels. We had to be thrown out of the house on a regular basis. No doubt about that. Yeah. You know, my mom, I remember distinctly, my mom dressing all four of us up and just throwing our asses out. Go play in the snow. Yeah, really. You get out. But you had siblings. Rory doesn't. He's all alone. Whereas if he had siblings, I'd be saying, you kids out of the house. Yeah. But he's he's by himself. True, true. So what do I do? Just stand at the kitchen window and watch him by himself outside? And hopefully this will teach him a lesson about listening. Because the reason why he's not playing games is because he wasn't listening. Yep. He had to be told to do something four times, and that's yep. against my rules. If i got to tell you to do something more than three times, now you're getting punished. Yes, and he, as he should be. Like, he just said to me, oh, can I go on the Xbox when I go? And I went, no. I said, I'm walking out of this room right now because you know why you can't. Yep. You were asked over and over to get off, and you didn't. That's right. But he seems to have forgotten. So he has to be punished more harshly. He's punished. Well, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so snow day, what else is going it's on? snow day, um, we've got six weeks before we leave for Oh, I got a, I, that's what I wanted to talk about. I got a beef. I got a major beef. <clears throat> All right. I don't know when it started happening, but it started happening and it's gotten to a point where I have to step up and say something. Oh. We, I don't want to say used to, but we 
have and may not have much longer an Australian official Australian correspondent. And I'm tired of your flirting. <laughs> I, I'm tired of this little thing going on between two of you. You and Scott Thrift there in Australia, you're having this little long distance bromance thing going on. I love and it's, Scott. I, it's disturbing. <laughs> it's a little bothersome. <clears throat> no, it's not because you're the one. You're the one that said, let's get that for Scott. And I said, mm-hmm. What a great idea. We'll As get a that reward for, for our being a fil- our official Australian correspondent. Yes. Well, he told us something. We're not going to say what it is no, in the air. No, no. He told us something last week. We both went, oh, you mm. poor man. I know. So and I- when I saw the thing in the store, uh-huh. I said, we have to get this for Scott. Yes. And so, Scott, once, once, <clears> the, weather, <throat> once the weather uh, uh, clears up. Yes, here, I was, can't go to the post. Yeah. Yeah, we can't go to the post office. Scott it won't his, take long. Scott sent us an email after listening to last week's show. Shocked and appalled. Most would use her feminine ways to get a speeding ticket. You didn't, though. <laughs> I was actually, I had my, I said, uh, Rory, get my license. Can you grab that thing out of the guy? Like, I was all ready. You were just sitting there being pretty. I was. The guy, the, and that's why I have so little respect for this cop. He didn't even make you do anything that you, to, to, to get it. You didn't have to get a phone number. Nothing. You didn't have to talk pretty to him. No show and cleavage. You're just being your usual beautiful self. I was just being myself. God, see, I'd respect the cop at least a little bit if he went, you know, I'm going to make her work for this. And, I'm gonna, you know, she had to do something for me. And he did this. have this cute, crooked grin while he was while he was chitty-chatting to me. Actually, I was onto him after a while. Agnes Bear was very disappointed and has recommended a week of walking and wearing a sack that each Melissa would, that with great boobs come great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I saw this beautiful, I, I follow now this vintage Hollywood, because I love pictures of, of the... The, the classic, beautiful Hollywood stars, yes. men and women. And there was a picture of Marilyn Monroe. It was to prove that she would look also beautiful and sexy in a potato sack. So yes, they'd made yes. this little dress out of I a potato that, sack, yeah. and she looked gorgeous yeah. in it. Oh, my God. Classic picture. <laughs> Scott says, on a more serious note, anti-vaxxers. WTF? I know. There was a big... <laughs> What was it? Anti-vaxxers? Anti-vaxxers. Oh, yes. There was a big protest somewhere in the United States where these people got together in a large group to protest the fact that people want them to vaccinate their children. They brought their children. No, you dummies! That's how this shit happens! Mm -hmm. People bringing children in large groups, and if one child is sick, now they're all sick because they're not, they haven't been vaccinated! There is no excuse for, for not vaccinating your child. None. No scientific proof whatsoever. It's just you being an idiot. I didn't hear about the latest big. What were they all? There's there's a a huge outbreak of measles. Oh, I know about that. In Washington State and Oregon State. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's actually a case here in Vancouver of measles in an adult Mm -hmm. um, who may have contracted on a plane at some point. Mm. But, yeah, there's no no excuse. There's none. None whatsoever. If, if, If you do not vaccinate your child, to me, that means that you don't care about your child. And Child Protective Services should step in and take that child away from you. Mm. Because that you, not your child, but you are danger to others. I'm surprised that it's still such a a following, that it still has such a huge, um, uh, uh, that people still believe it and that there's such a big... Well, we've talked about this before. Part of it is because of the internet. Is because because the internet allows you to find the information that you want to already find. Yes. So if you want to go on Google and do a search for, uh, do a search for, uh, give me proof that vaccines don't work. You can find that on Google. Yes, right? you now, could. Now, and because we are not taught this in school, we the vast majority of people have no critical reasoning skills. They they read the 
what's on the screen, but they don't see who wrote it, what the organization was, who the, the person was. You, you know what I'm saying? The, mm -hmm. the background. And going back and go back and go back to where it started. The background of the person who's writing the story. I mean, if, if I read a story that says vaccinations kill children, I'm going to be, I'm going to, wow, that's going to be. And then I see if it says it's from the National Enquirer. Well, then I know it's a bad source. Mm -hmm. But people mm -hmm. don't do that. All they read is vaccinations kill children and then they move on. Mm -hmm. And so you can find out whatever information you want to find out. Whatever your preconceived notions are, you can find them confirmed on the internet, which mm -hmm. is so much worse than what it used to be. Well, which is before was you went to your doctor and said, is this okay? And the doctor goes, yeah, you idiot, of course it is. Mm -hmm. I know. He says, uh, here in Australia, we now have a federal government law that basically no jab, no school. I have a friend whose child is unable to be vaccinated at the usual schedule due to a medical condition. Hmm. Kids like this rely on the idea of herd immunity to allow them to go to school and have a normal childhood. All it takes is one anti-vax child to slip through the net and others are exposed to an unneeded risk. Anti-vax is child abuse, plain and simple, and should be treated as such. If it wasn't for, wasn't for vaccination, we would still have people in iron lungs with polio. That's right, that's right, exactly. On a much lighter note, he says, we picked our first rock melon, or yes. what you call cantaloupe, from our garden. <clears throat> He's actually growing fruit in his own home. Oh, yes. Like, a, like, some Scott, sort of, like some sort of communist. Scott grows, um, I think he's got watermelon. I know he's got rock melon, which would be the sweeter. And then I wrote to him the other day and I said, I so miss pawpaw. You remember the big pawpaws <laughs> in Australia? Right. Um, I, I, I crave them sometimes. So he's doing all this growing. His yard looks beautiful. It does. Very pretty yard. Mm -hmm. One of the few pictures you sh you've shown because I asked about the other ones. You won't show them to me. <laughs> well, he showed me a picture of his melon. If he's sending you teddy bear porn, I want to see it. <laughs> it's just never saying. porn. I'm just saying. Just saying. No. Scott uh, wouldn't do that. Sarah Tompkins. Our friend Sarah sent an email. She hasn't sent an email in a while. How's the snow going over there? I have a complaint about the show. Why is that Scott person getting a name for emailing you and I don't? It's kind of not fair. Well, first of all, Sarah, Scott works for it. Yes. He sent us emails on a regular basis over a long period of time. He's our OAC. He's our OAC, official Australian correspondent. Yes. You, Sarah, don't send us emails on a regular basis. <laughs> you also live in the same place we do. <clears throat> I see her very frequently. <laughs> uh, she can't go to school if there's any snow and ice because the staff where she lives can't bring her, can't take her to school. She said, my friend Kate says that she'll fight Sean if he tries to take away her phone in the movie theater. <laughs> Kate, you're dead. <laughs> I am telling you, it's a whole experience to go to the movies with Mr. King. You have, it, Kate will have broken fingers. Yes, because if anyone's talking on their phone, Mr. King's voice booms. And everybody goes, are you? It's the way it shuts should up. be. I agree. There, there has to be, and it's certainly, I, a previous uh, uh, person I knew said I was bullying people using my voice to make them be quiet in a movie theater. And I didn't care whether I was or I wasn't, but they're, they're, we have societal norms, and they have to be enforced either via all of us playing by the rules or somebody making the rule breakers obey the rules. Now, in... In, in law, it's the police. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't vigilante and, and someone steals a car. You don't chase them and beat them up and, and, and mete out your own punishment. You call the police. But when it comes to societal norms, customs, traditions that we've all agreed upon in our society, in our um, 
area, neighborhood, region, whatever it might be, it's up to each one of us to inform, however we would like to do it, the, the, the rule breakers of what the rules are and what we expect of you. Mm-hmm. And in a movie theater, it has always been, be quiet. I'm watching the movie. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to be distracted by your bright screen. I d- don't take me away from the experience of mm-hmm. going to the movie and mm-hmm. watching this big screen thing. Especially when you use pet space. <clears throat> if you're on a date, at 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, no, I will tell her friend Kate. Kate, I guess I always said I'll do it politely the first time. He always does. the second time. Mm-hmm. The third time, I might meet out violence. Yes, yes. No, I won't. Uh, no. But, but the, and the funny thing is, is people have very different ideas about this, don't they? Didn't you get a message from someone that said, oh, you know, it's okay to talk in the movies? And... No, there was a Twitter thread about this where this guy oh. said this, this is the new normal is talking and using your phone. Oh, he was just theaters. making that observation. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, he's saying it. So he's saying it's okay. This oh. is now the the society we live in now. And I'm saying no, no, it's not. Mm. Because what happens when you do that is you inflict yourself on me. Mm. We have to live in this world together, and we have to do things cooperatively. Mm-hmm. And if for no apparent reason this has changed from the quiet days of <clears throat> you know, before phones to now, there's no good reason. For you to use your phone in a movie theater. There's no good reason for you to talk loud enough for me to hear you in a movie theater. You can whisper in your date's ear. That's fine. I'm no problem with that. But if you're sitting there in your normal sitting position and talking to the person next to you in your normal voice, no, shut the hell up. You're mm-hmm. inflicting yourself on me. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. So what about... And I'm lucky enough to be able to enforce it. That's I think that's part you of my are. My yes. advantage. You have the statue. You yeah. have the voice. And people stop and listen. And then when they see you, they're not going to say anything. Yeah. What about during the um, <clears throat> previews? Because I love the previews. Yes. I, I will let people talk during the commercials and all the other bullshit they have on in front of movie theaters. But I think, and this is a personal opinion... The previews are part of the experience. Yeah, because I really like those. And that's my first opportunity to ask you, please, would you mind not sp- talking through the previews? Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to watch them. And mm-hmm. some, some people go, well, they're just the previews. Yes, I understand that, but I would still appreciate it if you didn't talk during talk loudly during the previews. And that lets them know, A, that I'm there. And that's when I will also use my bigger voice, too, is because it lets everyone else around us within like a 30-meter radius mm-hmm. oh yeah that guy's gonna say something if, if, if i do this right yes 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 no but, it's good for us to monitor ourselves and i agree with you i agree with you but it's interesting that and sad that that you're right it's part of the reason why i do it is because i can do it mm-hmm. i have the confidence in my own size in my own voice and my own power to deal with it because i've had i had one guy i remember having a guy in in uh, nashville Start cursing at me. He were want it was it was March of the Penguins, so he's got three kids with him, which I think was a mistake to begin with. Yeah, it's a long. Not it's not a, a not a kid movie. It isn't. No, I saw it. I knew it was a documentary. It's, it's a documentary. I'm thinking to myself, baby penguins are going to die in this. Yeah, movie. and it's not Happy Feet. You it's know, a, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so the guy was talking and loudly to his to his children. I said, "Excuse me, would you mind not not, not talking?" And the guy went, "F you." Oh, in front of his children. Yeah. Oh, that's a lovely thing to model for your children. I it's... said, nice mouth in front of your kids. And he said it again. I said, you got one more shot to, to start being a human being or I'm coming up there. And then he shut up. <laughs> but 
Jesus, come yeah, on, really. man. Mm-hmm. But see, imagine if I did it. Imagine exactly. if I said, okay. you know, please be quiet. Like, they're not even going to hear me. So there's the dilemma is a lot of people don't feel that they have um, any influence whatsoever. You know, it's like if you were on a crowded bus, you, Sean King, and you saw some young person sitting in the seat where an elderly or someone really needed to sit, you could get up and go, you know, you need to get up out of your seat because there's this lady here. And I know you would. Whereas a lot of people don't feel they they're watching it and they're looking at it. Yeah, I've done that. And they don't like it, but they're too afraid to say something. And to me, if more and more people did it, if you saw someone stealing a bike and you went, Hey, and you got a bunch of people started running around, that person would run away. But people often sit back passively because it's not it's not normalized for us to take control of those situations. Along those lines, I saw this on Twitter this morning, uh, said I'm eating breakfast at the busy restaurant below my apartment. A lovely young woman just asked me if I could hurry up and finish my breakfast. My friend is coming in 15 minutes, and we want to take your seat. So I'll be here for the rest of the day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> what, are you kidding me? What is broken in your brain that can let you say that? Could you please eat faster? Hurry up. We want to sit there. I can see if he was just sitting there. No, 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 I'm no. I'm sorry, no. no. I've been in crowded restaurants. You know when you Don't go to Grand you know when you go to Granville Island and people are just yes. sitting there? Too bad. Okay. I gotta hear first. No God. I could be sitting there with a single cup of coffee reading a book. I, by dint of that purchase, have bought this seat for as long as I want to. I'm not saying anything to you, believe me. Until someone in management says you either gotta buy another cup of coffee or you have to leave. And that's fair. But for the customer next to me to say, would you mind hurrying up? Well, that's out of line. I do agree. What you could maybe do, and you've got to be a really hot guy or girl to pull this off, is say, if I buy your breakfast, can I have your seat because my friend is coming? Okay, I like that idea. See, that would be... I'll buy your breakfast. I'm giving you something, and you're giving me something. That seems fair to me. Okay. But just to say, could you hurry up... (laughs) So I can have your seat. And now I'm here for the rest of the day. Oh, I am moving. <laughs> I am not moving. I will order more food and not eat it. I will order food slowly. Can I have one half piece of toast, please? <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> I will nibble on okay, that okay, half piece okay, of but, toast. Okay, so tell me, though. Tell me, though. Tell me, though. What if he or she, like if I was a woman and it was a super incredibly hot guy like gorgeous or if you were a man and she was just stunningly beautiful yes it would change the whole scenario I'm not leaving I'm not, I'm not leaving the I hot girl I'll get out you would say hey I'll join you in your it would change the whole scenario beautiful people have no. different get different reactions I, do, I agree with that but in that situation they wouldn't I don't care who it was unless it was Angelina Jolie then I might get up yeah, but, but she's a famous person. That doesn't exactly. make any that's sense. What, well, that's what I'm saying. If it was a famous person, maybe I would. Oh. But if it was just a hot girl, hot guy, hot person I was attracted to, me leaving, me, uh, no, okay, maybe, um, can I get your phone number and I'll leave? Oh, well, no. Maybe. That's a, well, uh, no. But just. She but, could just give you a fake one, which exactly. she would anyways. But, but just getting up because you're hot and I'm, I'm going to get up because you're hot? No, screw that. I'm not doing. I'm especially not doing it then because you have this expectation. Because I'm hot, true. you'll do That's what I want. True. That's I will, true. I will do the exact opposite. Yes. Can I have a thimble full of coffee? Thank you very much. Oh my god! 
Anyway, I, I, I do I, agree. I, I it's a bit out of line. I read something else on Twitter last week that someone said that they're on a flight. They uh, they have the window seat, and it's a long flight, four hours. They're they're, they're in the window seat. There's no, there was a this is a guy, and apparently from his description, he's a fairly large guy. Right. A woman in the aisle seat, and the middle seat is empty. Yay. Okay. Okay. Great. Plane yeah. takes off. Doors close. Plane takes off. After they level off, somebody gets up from their seat somewhere else in the plane and sits down between the two of you. Why would somebody take a middle seat? <laughs> I have no idea. <clears throat> but the person tweeting said this made them feel really uncomfortable that someone all of a sudden was sitting there. You know, they were expecting room and, and that kind of stuff. And I said, what you do in this situation is what I've done is say, no, you can't sit there. That's not your seat. Or as soon as the plane doors close, I put something on that seat. I'll tell the other person. I'll lean over and say, hey, it's great. We've, we've got all this extra room. You know, and I'll put a laptop or a bag or something on the seat to save the seat for myself and the other person, too. Yeah, yeah. Save that space, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. But if someone just came over and sat, sat down, i go, no, I'm sorry, you can't sit there. I'm just trying to figure out why somebody would have left their seat. Maybe they're having a fight with their sh- spouse or something Or there like was that. a little child or yeah, a baby something, or someone. Something. But I'd be hmm. like, no. Plane, plane travel is uncomfortable enough without you crowding me as well. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a big guy. Now, he didn't say whether he was tall or wide. But still, I'm not fighting with that for that armrest with you. But there right? could have been someone there anyways. I mean, you're, you're going to be flying like that potentially anyways. Oh, most of the time you're going to be you know, butts to nuts with everyone on the flight. If you happen to get lucky enough that that aisle seat, that middle seat is open, claim that seat. Make whatever, whatever you got to do to claim that seat. Make sure you grab hold of that seat. I, th- I saw this. I posted this up on The Loop, uh, thelupinsight.com. In the era of spell check and autocorrect, does it matter that my son can't spell? This was a story in the Washington Post. Does it matter nowadays if children, say Rory's age, 13, aren't taught spelling? Yes. Why? Because it's literacy. Every child deserves to know how to spell. But if our computers can take over that for us and you got to assume that most children are going to be doing computer-type jobs in the future, or at least have access to a computer in the future. Um, Why if teach you can't spell, then you can't read. Why not? Well, it's literacy. It's phonics. And most word prediction software, to my knowledge, you have to know at least the first two letters. One letter, and you're going to get a massive bunch of choices of words. Two letters, you're going to get less. But you can't just... Think, oh, don't worry about it. We have technology no. now and not teach them how to spell. What about handwriting? Cursive. I think that every uh, hu- every person, why I guess, in well, child, I think, in the world, should be able to be a functional writer. But when it comes to separating their knowledge from their ability to write it down, if they aren't um, great with their ability to produce written output, then they can have things that can compensate or it, things can be modified and they can use technology. And to be clear, it's not we're not talking about kids who, who, who for whatever cognitive reasons, can't spell. Don't learning disability. Learning disability. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about kids like Rory who are perfectly well-adjusted, wonderful little kids. Yeah, yeah. You don't think we're wasting time teaching them how to write cursive and... They really don't get taught how to write anymore. Really? No, that's part of the problem. No. No. I agree with spelling. I absolutely agree with with you on spelling because uh, especially 
when you get into more advanced texts, if you can spell the basics, if you know how words are sounded out in small chunks, as you get into more technical chunks or engineering, medical, lawyer, uh, university level stuff, yes, you can figure out a lot of things. Well, you learn how to decipher words yeah. and how to look at a word or, or and and break it down and think, oh, I know what that means. That's right. No, exactly. every every child, is, and if you have a learning disability, it doesn't mean you're not well adjusted. It just means you have to learn in a different way. Yeah. And that part of your brain is different. They're brain differences. But and if you can't spell, you can't look words up in a dictionary. Oh, you no. I mean, I'm not saying that technology isn't great for that sort of thing. If a child is writing a paper or a journal, as long as they're still being taught how to spell and read, that's wonderful for them, for their self-esteem, for their ability to get their thoughts flowing. Because a lot of most children, that many children that I've worked with that have difficulty with this, have a lot to say. They sure, have a lot yeah. of children with ADHD have amazing brains and minds, but um, getting it out is difficult for them. I just found this um, yesterday. I had a five and a half hour flight sitting in the window seat, nobody in the middle, late in the aisle. Thought we lucked out, but an hour into the flight, a guy just sits down in between us. Other seats were available in the flight, but he wanted to sit there. Odd. Oh, it was an hour into it. That's different. He's sitting somewhere that he decided he didn't like it. Yeah, well, too bad. Guess what? <laughs> Go back there. I'm settled here yeah. now. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just absolutely no way that I would I would let someone do that. I'd be I'd as polite as I can, and eventually, if you, if you if you make me, I will call a stewardess and ask for you to be moved, get mm -hmm. out of that seat, go back. But to I, seat. you know, I I go out into the community with you, and I see that. Sometimes I've thought, wow, imagine being Sean and being, having the presence that he has that people kind of, you can't ignore. You can't, there's just, you have an energy and a power about you that allows you to do things that most people yeah, can't true. do. For better or worse, it, it's true. Yes, most people can't knock over little Asian people that aren't watching while they walk. <laughs> Sorry, you don't, you're not paying attention. I'm not paying attention for you. Yes. I'm not making up for your inattentiveness. I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember the last time I, I uh, injured myself in a major kind of way, a, a cut, last like deep cut. I, I was thinking it was a, I remember, I don't know how, how, old, how old I was, I was a teenager, and I went to open up a twist-off Coke bottle. This was in the days when the big Coke bottles were uh, glass, and it the top of it sheared off. And I sliced my, I don't know which hand, I thought I had the scar there. Oh, there it is, on my left thumb, just really, really deep. Just mm -hmm. cut the shit of my left thumb, mm -hmm. and had to go to the hospital and stitches and, and all that kind of stuff. Oh. It, it it was nasty. I remember how much it hurt. Mm -hmm. On this day in medical history, uh, the 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 only physician on the Soviet Art Antarctic expedition, uh, country's nearest research station, a thousand miles away, um, Doctor Rogozov, who only had partial training in surgery, uh, realized that he had to have his appendix out. And he's the only doctor. Uh -huh. So he took out his own appendix. He took out his own appendix. Uh -huh. I would have died from appendicitis because there's no way I could have done that. My God. Do you think you could do that? Well, I, I guess I first of all think of his posture. How did he... Mirrors. Mirrors. All right. Um... He developed signs of a possible perforation of the appendix and localized peritonitis. So he had to act. The only solution was to operate on myself. 
After training a meteorologist and a driver to be his assistants, the operating room was prepared. Equipment had been stored outside, so re-sterilization was not difficult. Mm. If the doctor lost consciousness, the two assistants were instructed to administer a prepared injection of drugs. Mm. Dr. Rogozov assumed a semi-reclined position designed to allow him to perform the operation with minimal use of a mirror. He scrubbed up. He used Novocaine for anesthetizing the abdominal wall. Made a 10 to 12 inch, sorry, 10 to 12 centimeter incision. That's four to six inches. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was frequently necessary to raise my head in order to see better. And sometimes I had to work entirely by feel. General weakness became severe after 30 minutes. And vertigo developed. So short pauses were necessary. Are you shitting me? Wow, huh? But, you know, I say I could never do that. But this was literally a life and death situation. There was no way... He would have survived if he had, if somebody hadn't taken out his appendix. And from what I've heard, I'm not, I'm not minimizing what the man has done. From what I've heard, uh, um, an appendectomy is pretty. It's not a difficult, difficult surgery. Sure, he's not. Open but it, heart you know, surgery, like I'm but... sure, if it was something more serious, they would have had to have flown in or something and gotten him. Why can't they fly in and get him? Finally, here it is: the accursed appendage. He wrote in his diary. Um, uh, with horror, I noticed the dark stain at the base. That means just a day longer, it would have burst. Oh yeah, my brother had um, ga- had gangrenous appendix when he had to get his out. Uh, did not end badly. At resection of the severely diseased appendix, antibiotics were introduced. The peritoneal cavity. He closed the wound. On midnight, April thirtieth, it was done. Understandably, mm. he described his post-operative condition as moderately poor. <laughs> Oh my God! Holy crap! And minimal um, s- surgical uh, instruction in his career. Well, I think that that goes into the cat. Hopefully, that goes into the category of it, it's what you would have done if you had to do it. Uh, you had to do it. You yeah. had no choice. If you don't, here's your here's your choices. Yeah. You you don't do this, you die. Mm-hmm. You do do this, you might die. Mm-hmm. You know, so something for them to think about when staffing these these what, what was it again? A, a Russian a, research a research facility. station. Yeah, hmm. in in, 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 in hmm. but it's just yeah, that's just kind of mind blowing to think that that that's what you would have done. This is back you, in the sixties, by the way, this was not so recently. I can say to your researcher colleague, Google Google appendectomy. You can do this. Here is 20 trips you have to take in your lifetime. Okay. View the northern lights from a glass igloo in Finland. Oh, okay. This is actually kind of cool. If you see the picture, there's literally, it's a hotel. It looks like an igloo, glass. Okay, well, I viewed the northern lights from standing outside in northern British Columbia. Yeah, so, true. okay. <laughs> Eat the world's best pizza in Napoli. Okay. Right. Now, I've, that, had good, a, mm-hmm. I've had good pizza in, in Rome. Mm-hmm. And I've heard Napoleon, Naples pizza is supposed to be the best in the world. Although I'd never go back to Naples. Oh, okay. That's not, I mean, whatever. I don't really. Visit the Grand Canyon. Is that on your bucket list? Not at the moment. It's not. I've seen the Grand Canyon. I've flown over it a few times. And it is magnificent from I'm the I'm sure it is. And if America changes, I might go and visit it. Galapagos Islands. It hasn't been on my bucket list, no. I recognize the beauty of it. I recognize how interesting it is, but it's not 
a place that I've ever had any interest in going. I love I love to watch films about yep, it. Yep. I think the uniqueness of it is fascinating, but no. Yeah, no, no. Drink genuine chai masala in India and view the Taj Mahal. Now, you've been to India. Well, I've seen the Taj Mahal, and my goodness, I'm not going to wow, my God, I'll never forget it. But no, I've sort of done that. Don't need to drink tea while I look at it. If I could have someone parachute me into the Taj Mahal, I, I, I would go. Okay. I don't want to have anything to do with India except the Taj Mahal. You know, I don't want to fly into it. I don't want to get in a, a taxi in New Delhi. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drive to the Taj Mahal. I just want to show up there, look at the Taj Mahal, take pictures, then leave. My goodness. Airlift me out. Going to the Taj Mahal, is all, that experience is all part of appreciating the Taj Mahal. Why? Because when you, by the time you get to the Taj Mahal... <laughs> Um, through the insanity of it all, you walk inside and it's cool and you touch the walls and they're cold. And outside, I mean, your, your piss is red. <laughs> Wait, what? That's how, do you, that's how hot it was when I was there. Why would they make your pee red? No, my pee was red because you can't drink a lot of water because you don't. You can't just go and go, oh, look, here's a water fountain. I'll drink a bunch of water. You don't do that. Okay. So you've got this water that you're carrying with you that's like got chlorine pills in it. And I needed a lot of water, so my pee ended up being bright red. But the Taj Mahal is, there's jewels in the walls and and it's different in there. Yeah. It's, it's like a whole other world. Yeah, I've always, like I said, I've always wanted to go there. I don't want to have anything to do with red pea or chlorine tablets or Fair I'm enough. far too much of a princess for that kind of travel. You are. I really am. Yes, you what, are. The stories you told me about your trip through India and Nepal. Yes, but it's probably. I couldn't do that now. <laughs> it's probably very different there as, now, don't you six think? six foot three and 260 pounds, man, I couldn't do that trip. You're this, you were what, 21, 22? Mm-hmm. Little teeny tiny little redhead. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Utterly insane. <clears throat> you are such a princess. I really am. <laughs> I fully admit it. You do. You do. I do not want the least bit of discomfort when I'm traveling. And yet, for me, a lot of it's discomfort. It is. So The yeah. plane is discomfort. Oh, it's just awful. Okay. Bed in the hotel I, in I, Europe. I, just be... so you know, folks, I've never been on a plane with Sean, so it'll be interesting. It could be. Take an ice cold dip in Canada's majestic Lake Louise. I've done that. I've dipped a finger in it. It's freaking cold. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, when they say you ice cold. You don't swim, you dip. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Lake Louise, you've probably all seen pictures of it. It is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's a great walk around. I've actually walked around, hiked around, around Lake Louise. You walked around Lake Louise. The water is glacier fed, which means ice cold. Yes. It's about. 40 degrees, maybe 5 degrees Celsius. Yeah. It's really freaking cold. Uh-huh. You don't, you, 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 no one swims in Lake Louise. No, you just jump in and no. jump out. And you, you want to do it where there's no wind and it's a warm day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Soar across Cappadocio's fairy chimneys in a hot air balloon and sleep in a cave. Um, Cappadocia, Turkey, is one of two... Hot air balloon places I've always wanted to go. The Albuquerque Festival, you've seen pictures of it in Albuquerque. But the Cappadocio Festival in Turkey has almost as many hot air balloons, but they're going over these magnificent geographic formations. It's this otherworldly view. In Albuquerque, you're going over Albuquerque. Mm. It's a city. You're used mm. to it. Mm. But Cappadocio is just this amazing space. I'd love to. I've always wanted to. You and I have talked before. I think maybe, hopefully, one of these days, 
our starting point photography uh, classes will be in Istanbul. Because I think I've heard that's a beautiful I city. I would love to go there. The I've wanted I've to go there. It, the pictures I've seen of it. Mm-hmm. They just had, I know that Scott will clarify this, they had a their hot air balloon festival somewhere in Australia. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of a cool experience. I would like to do that. I don't know what the cave looks like, but... Temple Hop in Thailand, Malaysia, and Cambodia. No. No, no urge. No. no, no Probably no. lovely. No beautiful. offense to Thai, Malaysian, Still want to go people. there. No interest. Mm-hmm. Even though you love Thai food. I love Thai food. Wouldn't you like Thai food in Thailand? See, oh. I like Italian food. I love it in Italy. So wouldn't you want to eat no, your favorite Thai food? food on Denman Street. <laughs> I'm fine. Is that authentic enough for you? Szechuan. I love Szechuan food. Stand in Times Square and soak it all in. No. Everybody, it's it very much like Vegas. Everybody, I believe, should go to Times Square or New York City and Las Vegas at least once in their life. Mm-hmm. But only go once. Mm-hmm. Vegas, you can go more than once. But Times Square, go that one time, walk around it, see the madness. It's Disneyland for adults. It's an awful place. It's loud. It's noisy. It's it packed. It's light. It's as bright as day at midnight as it is at noon, possibly brighter with all the neon and just the stuff. Times Square used to be really cool and fun and a little bit seedy and dangerous. Actually, it used to be a lot seedy and a lot dangerous. Um, but but it had a fun, fun kind of edge to it. Now it's it's just all chain stores and it's it's not fun anymore. Not on the top of my bucket list. But you do want to go to New York. I do, okay. but not now. Take a sunset cruise in Hawaii. Yeah, in Australia I would. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I it, don't need to go to Hawaii. I would rather go a little bit further in the leg of the journey and go home to Australia. The only thing that Hawaii has for me of any real interest is the North Shore waves, watching the surfing there, and the volcanoes. Well, surfing in Australia is amazing. Yes. And I'm not that interested in volcanoes. Really? It's very odd. I find them fascinating. See, um, I used to uh, watch, have to watch shows about volcanoes with my ex-husband and of course Damon was fascinated and I used to be like yeah another volcano show <laughs> <laughs> and I never was that interested once you've seen one spurting mountain you've seen them all I think so okay. I'm sure it's incredible if you're there and you, you you're seeing yeah. it but dine with a view of the Eiffel Tower alight at night yeah, you, you're not a Paris I'm not person. Into, I'm not interested in Paris. I've done it. I've, I've had, I've, uh, Jay and I, not only did we have a view of it at night, but we had it at noon and we stayed through to the night and got really, really drunk, uh, had a blast. Uh, but yeah, unless the person I was with really, really wanted to go to Paris, I, I have no words to go back to Paris. No, I don't want to go. It, we, it was lovely. I love the museums, um, love the food, love the style. But it's not something I have any urge to to yeah. revisit. Um, go snorkeling in Belize or scuba diving in Belize. Uh, uh, no, I'd rather do that on the Barrier Reef. No, no big deal for me. Jacques Cousteau named the Great Blue Hole, which is a famous uh, surf spot or scuba spot in Belize. It's one of the top ten diving locations in the world. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd go just... No, I'd rather go to the Barrier Reef. Um, Visit Machu Picchu. No. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) No interest. Again, no offense to our Peruvian friends. No, not at all. I used to many... When I was a young girl, I used to... And young woman, I used to long to go to Peru. That was one of my places on my bucket list to go to Peru. And now, not anymore. 
Now, this one I would like to see. See the ancient city of Petra in southern Jordan. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. That's the one you've seen pictures of it where they've um, uh, built the building. They've carved the buildings out of the rock face. Like they literally have, have um, um, here's, here's a picture of it, the, these, these buildings. You've seen these. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful. Mm. Just the, the idea that they carve the buildings out of the rock. Mm. The living rock, as they call it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go see it. It's not a, a bucket list thing. If I was in the area, Looks I'd Looks like I'd a go place you would like to fly into. Yeah, exactly. It's another place you'd... Uh, a helicopter in and a helicopter out. Go shell fishing in New, New England. No. No. <laughs> I've no. done it in Nova Scotia. It's not going to be any different in New England. Yeah, no, I don't I don't. It's going to be the same. Uh, explore Malaysia's natural paradise, Leng, Leng Kawi. It's, again, Southeast Asia. No. And we don't I'm have any sure it's gorgeous, but no. And the best part is step into the fairy tale in Cintura, Portugal. Okay, I'll do that. We're actually going to be doing that. <laughs> look how beautiful it looks. In less than six weeks. We will be there. Portugal's really on the map. I'm so happy for them. It's more and more, it seems. You know, like I know it was at the top of some other lists that you've yeah. been you've been talking about. It's really coming to its own. It's a complete fluke that we've tried. I chose Lisbon as um, a spot for this four or five years ago before yeah. it was even announced. And yeah. I've always been planning on doing it. Because and why of, did you choose Lisbon? Like, what was it that, that well, it made actually, you do that? It was a, a separate travel organization here in Vancouver that asked me to do this photo tourism thing. And I said, yes, I'll do it anywhere in the world that you want. And they mm-hmm. said, what about Lisbon? I was like, oh. Oh, oh so you okay. hadn't thought of it before. Had never, had never. Lisbon, as much as I love Europe, uh, the Iberian Peninsula, Lisbon, Spain, has never really been on any kind of bucket list for me, mm-hmm. except when I became interested in motorcycle racing. And there's a lot of motorcycle racing in Spain, and there used to be a race in Portugal, in Estoril. And I, that's the only reason I've ever wanted to go to those two countries. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was always about the other parts of Europe, Central Europe, uh, Western Europe, uh, Italy, that, that area. So I thought, oh, okay, that's where you want to send me. Not a problem. I'll do it. So I started doing my research. As I'm doing the research, I'm, I'm learning so much about this, again, four or five years ago, learning about Portugal, how inexpensive it is, mm-hmm. how um, lovely it is for light. Portugal gets 200 days of sunshine a year mm. um, because of its location on the Atlantic and on the, the various trade winds and, and sea currents. It's very mild year-round. Um, because it's undiscovered, it's not as touristy and certainly... The places that are touristy aren't as expensive as other places. Mm-hmm. Um, food is wonderful. A lot of seafood, a lot of cod, which as a Nova Scotianer, I, I'm, I very, feel a very kindred spirit with the, with the Portuguese for using cod in a lot of their meals. Uh, supposedly, uh, the Portuguese have a cod recipe for every day of the, every day of the year. Um, so, and, and Nova Scotians love, love our cod, too. Um, just, and, the, and then the history, the, the history and of Portugal. I, I knew but really hadn't absorbed how important Portugal history was to the world and had sometimes wondered what happened. Well, it turns out what happened was in 1755 there was a massive earthquake that literally devastated the city of Lisbon, destroyed it, two-thirds, two-thirds of the city literally destroyed, and therefore took them out of world history. 
in that regard. People forget that the, the Portuguese were world travelers. At one, at one point, they had an empire larger than the Roman Empire. Yes, yes. Um, it's surprising that more of us aren't, don't speak Portuguese. I agree. Because of their the extent of their uh, reach. But after the earthquake, they lost all their power and in the in the in the world mind's eye never regained it mm. they became a backwater that mm. everyone just sort of ignored mm. and then the kicker for me was again doing the research for four or five years ago seeing the azulejos the blue tiles mm. the tile work in lisbon and that just made me go i i need to go here i need oh, to be yeah. a photographer in lisbon well the funny thing is is that i have always always loved tiles i love um any kind of tiles i will look at and and be fascinated by so i'm going i hope that we get a chance to see some of that real artwork happening because of course you know you know you're going to see the old old ones but yes. then it's it's how they did um like the collages with them you know, how they put them all together and yeah. made them a whole great big wall of, yeah. like, a story. Yeah. But just the colors, too. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful really colors. I'm, I'm looking forward to it for any number of reasons, not just as a – and you and I have talked about this before. I don't like being a tourist. I like being a traveler. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why we're going to one place and staying in one place for a week mm-hmm. as opposed to – the you know six cities in seven days kind of trips. I hate those 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 things. I want to go to one place. I want to learn where the good coffee shop is. Mm-hmm. I want to go there every single morning. I want to, I want to learn the name of the guy who sells us um, uh, pastis de Abs- in Natal in the afternoon. Absolutely yes, know. and there's some cute little cafe that you love exactly. to have an early supper because it's just got this great whatever right. it is. That's yeah. Right. Um, where's yeah. where's a where's a cool pub we can go and and, and have beer and a nice view and. And explore the city. Mm. Um, I can definitely see, though, wanting to go go back to Portugal because Porto, the second largest city, is just as pretty in a almost completely different way mm. than Lisbon is. Lisbon is oh. as much as it can be cosmopolitan. It had a World's Fair a few years ago, so it's that kind of a city, like Port- an expo. Yeah, whereas yeah. Porto is much more an old world. Um, not medieval town, but certainly more closer to that than than Lisbon is. Um, and then you've had the wine region, of the Douro Valley um, in, in northern Portugal, uh, that is just spectacularly beautiful as, as well, too. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can definitely see us going back to Portugal sometime in the next two years to do another photography thing because, mm-hmm. and include Porto in it, too. So. Wonderful. Uh, I think that's it. Is that it for this show? I think it's it. Yeah, I think I think we're done. Um, if you want any information, and by the way, our next trip too, uh, we're going to Lisbon in six weeks in the end of March. But the trip after that is here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You can go to startingpointphotography.com to get more information about that. Um, basically the same thing. Vancouver is the, with. I will hear no argument on the fact that Vancouver is the most beautiful city in North America. Yeah. Geographically. It, geographically. Um, there's so much to see here, so much to do, uh, great food, um, great scenery. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun hanging out here. And you'll actually be able to come over and visit us. You'll be, we'll bring you over here to see where we live here. We in live little, in a beautiful little, part of the world. town of Gibson. Yes. You'll get to enjoy that as right well. Right on the sea. Uh, the anchor folks want me to remind you that you can um, uh, donate money. Donate. You can, you can spend money and sponsor the show. Um, 
we can we this show was actually because I think we mentioned off the top our friend Terry Ends. Yes. Terry sent an email saying, "Hey, why have you guys done, done a show?" So Terry, this is this show's for you. He's Thank not you. sponsoring it. He hadn't paid for it. But we're mentioning him because he's a nice guy. Absolutely. But you can um, actually subscribe, not subscribe, donate. I donate the wrong word. Buy just, a cup of coffee. Yeah, pay us. <laughs> just pay us. Um, if you go to our uh, anchor page, you can. Um, Drop money in into the uh, little wallet they've got there. Ninety nine cents a month, or f- you can support the area. Support this podcast. Uh, Ninety nine cents a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month. As we said, if you uh, sp- support us at ten dollars a month, we will make you a subscriber of the show. You will actually have your name engraved in the headline of the show. <laughs> We will mention your name ad infinitum. You'll be able to tell your kids, "Hey, Daddy just sponsored the show," and we'll, we'll mention you, we'll mention your website or your job, or you can send a a, uh, a birthday greeting out to somebody. Your philosophy on life. There are more than five thousand people who listen to the show each and every week, so hmm. you could get that. You get the word out to five thousand other. Sorry, we weren't. If, we yeah, we should be consistent and not just not do it. Well, that's one of the things though is when you're doing it. When you're doing pod, that's one of the reasons why podcasts in general uh, fail, not fail, but stop, is because there's no. If you're just doing it for for your own fun, and when it's not fun, when you're not stop feeling it that day, yeah, you don't do it, and it becomes yeah. easier not do it the next time, and easier not the next time, and but people have been asking, yes, and that helps. It that does absolutely help. helps that, that that because when people, and this is true of any podcast, of any website, of anything you do. If you like it, tell them. You have to let people know that because in this internet age, we send things out into the world, and unless people comment back to us, yeah, it's throwing it into the abyss. True. And we want to hear the abyss echo back. Mm-hmm. You know, we like this. There's so much negativity, and I'm I'm the first one to admit I, I contribute to it via via Twitter, uh, but there's so much negativity out there that when you find something positive, whether it's customer service or a Twitter account or a Facebook page or a picture on Instagram. I'm on you all the time about your Instagram stuff. You say, look at this beautiful picture. I'll look and you haven't liked it. You just tap the like button. Well, you-, you know, I like things sometimes and then I start getting all this crap. Yeah. And all this. And that the thing, if, if it wasn't linked, if I didn't think if I liked that, what crap am I going to yeah, get tomorrow so, because I've liked it? That's mm-hmm. what I don't appreciate. I am seriously looking at moving off of Instagram onto Flickr. I've already become a pro Flickr user. And mm. I'm thinking about using Flickr in the same way that I use Instagram now. Can you do it on your phone? Yes, absolutely. You can do the same things that you do on on Instagram. You can do it on Flickr. You can scroll through photos. You can oh. subscribe to people. You can like things. You can comment on them. But Flickr won't isn't attached to this other giant service that you use. Yeah. And if when you're a pro user, I don't see. I'm not going to see any ads. See, I don't like Instagram is losing its its appeal. Yes, it really is for me too. You know, yeah. other than my family, yeah. I look at my family stuff, and I don't want to lose touch with that little bit that Absolutely, I get yeah. with That's them. Right. I don't know. But for the most part, yeah, it's 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 not. I'm not getting good content on Instagram. It's that their intrusion in that content becomes so obvious. It is the second thing I see every time I open Instagram is an ad. Exactly. And no matter how many times I tell you I don't want to see this ad. It doesn't make any difference. I've done it too. It pops back up again yes. a day later or a week later or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. If Instagram would listen to us, mm-hmm. maybe it would be better. Mm-hmm. 
Because there are some ads that I'm interested in. I'll see an ad for Nikon Canada. I want I want to see that. I'm a Nikon user. Yeah. But I don't want to see an ad for TD TD Canada. I'm never going to shop at TD. I'm never going to bank at TD. Mm-hmm. So when I say I don't want to see this ad, don't ever show mm-hmm. it to when me you ever say it's, again. It's not relevant. Like I don't want to see it. No, it doesn't matter. But I just want to say thank you to Terry because if it wasn't for him today, we wouldn't have done a show. Really. Well, no, because you said, Terry's asking if it's a snow day, you know, why don't we do a show? And I don't think we would have thought of it otherwise, because it's not Sunday. Fair enough. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, you can support the podcast. Go to uh, anchor.fm forward slash DLTU and it says support this podcast there in the top. And you can click on it and send us a few bucks if you so choose. (laughs) Uh, You know what? You can buy us a beer in in Lisbon. Because we're going to do at least one show from Lisbon. Okay. Right? If we ha- yes, I guess. The, the, the Sunday we're in Lisbon. I guess we could say, hey, here we are. Exactly. I wow. That would be kind of fun. Okay. So you can buy us a beer in Lisbon. Um, <laughs> as always, send us emails. It's cheap beer. It's cheap, it's cheap exactly. <laughs> it's like two bucks a beer. <laughs> uh, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. Until next week, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And you've been listening to Don't Listen to Us. See ya. Bye.